Welcome to the latest episode of the Wolf Sports Show. This is David Chapin, a combination of parody and also inconsistent play from even some top teams like the Bucks and the Packers has led to some crazy games and upsets and unpredictability early this NFL season. Let's just get right to it for this week. Again, we'll go through all 32 teams as usual, starting with the four teams on the bye. First up, the Bills. Got that massive win at Kansas City. By their standards, it was a relatively slow start. They scored 10 points in the second quarter, though. And ultimately, they got going in the second half, 14 points. Josh Allen came up clutch with the game-winning touchdown to Dawson Knox. And then Mountain Miller in the defense, which intercepted Patrick Mahomes twice. Sealed the win with the interception by cornerback Taron Jackson, who made a nice play when Mahomes was scrambling right away from pressure from Von Miller and forced it into coverage. And in a game where it felt like the Chiefs didn't do a terrible job at all on defense, I mean, Allen still lit it up 329 yards, three touchdowns. And now this essentially puts the Bills two games up over the Chiefs for potential home field through the playoffs, which... If Buffalo is at home in the postseason, it's going to be tough to knock them off. And the past two playoff matchups, they've been in Kansas City. It seems like all these matchups are coming in Kansas City, including the regular season game that's set for next year already. And there's been talk about how the Chiefs will be healthier the next time they play. But I mean, the Bills are going to be healthier too. They're going to get all pro cornerback Davis White back soon. And that'll be a massive boost. So that was a huge game for Buffalo. And they're the top scoring offense and the top scoring defense. Just an all-around juggernaut right now. And I think clearly the top team in the NFC now also want to buy the Eagles. They again got off to a great start. Whatever it is, taking the foot off the gas maybe some or whatever it is, the Cowboys did get back in the game on Sunday night. Still the Eagles ended up winning somewhat comfortably. Even facing maybe the best defense in the league in the Cowboys or at least in the NFC. The Eagles basically have answers for whatever our defense throws at them. Cooper Rush was doing a really nice job taking care of the football for the Cowboys on offense, but the Eagles were able to force him to throw some interceptions. James Bradbury continues to shine as a great addition, along with pretty much everyone they added this offseason. And again, this is a team that might be favored every game the rest of the year, potentially, as they sit at 6-0 entering their bye. The Vikings are also on a bye, somewhat quietly at 5-1. and and clearly topped the NFC North with the Packers struggling a bit. They were outgained massively by the Dolphins last week in Miami, which isn't an easy place to play. I think their sideline was like 120 degrees in the sun, while Miami's was like 90 in the shade. So that's an advantage for the Dolphins early in the season especially. But the defense was able to force turnovers. Kirk Cousins and the offense took care of the ball. Dalvin Cook broke a long touchdown run late, and it was an all-around effort for them, and they're an all-around team. So Minnesota is definitely feeling good as they enter their bye. And then the final team on the bye, the Rams. Defense stepped up against the Panthers last week. They only allowed three points. Uh, seven of the points came from Matthew Stafford pick six. Uh, another one from him, which is concerning. Ultimately, the defense looks like it should be a positive, especially against inferior opponents. But the offensive line, now they lost left tackle Joe Noteboom for the season to a torn Achilles. Already was not playing well at all as a unit. I don't know. We'll see if coming out of the bye, Sean McVay can have some answers. 
and they face the Niners when they return, who they have not had success against and were beat up by on Monday night earlier this season. And the Cam Maker situation at running back is interesting. It looks like he'll be traded at some point, most likely. Although if they can't find a trade partner, McVeigh left the door open for him to play for the Rams again, so we'll see. And I would think they might try something drastic to improve their chances, because as it stands right now, it's going to be tough for them to compete for a Super Bowl coming off their championship last season. And now we'll get to the Week 7 matchups, go through each of them, starting with Thursday Night Football tonight on Prime Video. Well, first I'll mention actually how Amazon now has a Black Friday game starting next year for the 2023 NFL season. That'll be Friday, November 24th next year. And it's going to be around 3 p.m. Eastern expected kickoff time. And I'm really, uh, this was talked about for a while. It was fully expected to happen in the coming years. It was announced as a 2023 thing for now, but it's going to be an annual thing. I would be highly surprised if it isn't. I'm sure the ratings will be awesome next year. And then the next day or whatever, they'll probably say we're going to do it in future seasons too. And I just really like it. I think it can set up a new tradition for NFL fans. Maybe put up Christmas lights or whatever early on Black Friday in time to watch the game later in the afternoon. And the NFL is really associated a lot with the holidays. Thanksgiving, of course, they own. Halloween falls during football season. Like this year, there's a game on Halloween, which is pretty cool. And then Christmas, there's games all on Christmas Eve this year and a couple on Christmas again. And it makes too much sense not to go with Black Friday too. So I'm a fan of that. And also... Amazon doesn't have the Thursday night game on Thanksgiving. NBC currently has that, and I'm not really sure, but I think they do for a while. So with Thursday night football being somewhat limited, doesn't start until week two because NBC also has the opening game, Thursday game. And then week 18 obviously doesn't have a Thursday game. This gives Amazon another matchup to put on their schedule next season and almost certainly beyond next season. And I would think the first matchup, it's not going to be announced until the schedule's announced this spring. But I would think it'll be like one of the best games of the year. Looking ahead, one that immediately came to mind was maybe Eagles-Bills. They play each other next year. And I feel like that would be a good one. Two teams that should, again, be really good in 2023. And two of the most exciting quarterbacks in the league in Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. So I like the Black Friday game. I think it's a great idea. And looking forward to that being another tradition for NFL fans every year. And now back to week seven for tonight on Prime Video. Saints face the Cardinals. Arizona lost wide receiver Marquise Brown for several weeks due to a foot injury. But they get DeAndre Hopkins back from a six-game PED suspension. So Hopkins is really coming back at the right time for a team that's struggling two and four. Couldn't get much going again offensively last week against Seattle. The Cardinals have been fast starters under Cliff Kingsbury in previous seasons. Not going well right now. Something needs to spark them. I don't know what. Murray's been better with Hopkins in the lineup, so maybe it'll be a massive boost even though they'll lose Brown. And on the Saints side, there's some uncertainty at quarterback. Entering tonight, Andy Dalton is expected to start, according to NFL Network's Tom Palacero. Both he and Winston are dealing with back injuries, so they're both not at 100%. Dalton has more of a rhythm, I guess you can say, been playing the past few weeks while Winston's been out. The Saints are really beat up by injuries. Marshall Lattimore's out again. Michael Thomas out again. Jarvis Landry out. Andres Pete's out. And they're also struggling. The defense is struggling. Gave up a lead to the Bengals last week. Allowed Jamar Chase to get back on track. So it's two teams with 
high aspirations, Super Bowl aspirations really for both of them, at least internally entering the season, looking to get back on track as we kick off week seven. And overall, I think this will be a much more entertaining game than the past two Thursdays were, which were tough to watch even for me and like the biggest football fans. Although the past two Thursdays did deliver exciting ends of the game, so that was a plus. But I think this tonight from start to finish should be much more exciting. And I'm looking for Taysom Hill, not just because I'm playing him in my tight end spat in fantasy. I think Taysom Hill with Dalton banged up now too, along with Winston, should get a lot of reps at quarterback and as like a wildcat type of option. And I'd like to see them get him the ball in space as a tight end too. I saw he was open on a play last week. They didn't get it to him. And I think Hill can be a game breaker and maybe the difference in the game tonight for the Saints who enter as underdogs. On Sunday, the Browns face the Ravens. I think Cleveland basically needs to get back to just Nick Chubb needs 20 to 25 carries. He had 12 last week against the Patriots. I know they were down. Still, though, their best path right now is undoubtedly giving Chubb the ball a ton. And that would help this week to keep Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense off the field. The Ravens are coming off a tough loss to the Giants. Again, gave the lead. Offense really didn't help this time. Lamar Jackson had a couple late turnovers, including the interception that helped with the Giants in position to take the lead. But with the way Cleveland's looked on defense, Jackson has a chance to just totally go off this week, I think. The Ravens players have sort of passive-aggressively on social media voiced displeasure with the team. So that's been interesting. And they signed Deshaun Jackson to the practice squad. And we'll see if Rashad Beaton can work his way back this week from his foot injury. And Jackson said yesterday that Bateman's their top guy at receiver. Said they could use him if he's healthy enough to play in a divisional matchup. Another divisional matchup, Bucks face the Panthers. The game plan for Carolina is obviously to try to play to a solid defense. Derek Brown, one of the best defensive linemen in the league, leads the unit. Again, mentioned the defense got the pick six, but the offense could only muster three points. And I like P.J. Walker at quarterback, but he's in a tough spot. The offense isn't that creative right now to me. And we'll see what happens with Christian McCaffrey. Panthers don't look like they'll be making any run this year. And McCaffrey is getting trade interest. The talk is they want two first-round picks. That's a lot. However, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a bidding war and they actually get close to that value. If I'm in the Bills, I really like the way Devin Singletary plays. And Josh Allen talked him up recently saying how reliable he is. But who knows how long a championship window could stay open. I know it'll be open a while with Allen. But this team is like really, really good, obviously. I would probably go on and go for McCaffrey. And then you have great depth with Singletary. And as long as James Cook's not in the deal, James Cook and also Zach Moss. So that's what I would do if I was Buffalo. And also it might keep him away from other contending teams that might want to go after McCaffrey even including the Chiefs, they've come up a little bit, although that might be tough. And he could be the difference between winning a championship and not. But back to Sunday, the Bucks now are 3-3. Three and three. Pretty shocking, my pick to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. They just look totally sluggish to me on both sides of the ball. I think eventually they'll break out, and it might come at the right time. Maybe they get hot like they did a couple of seasons ago, go on a big winning streak at the end of the season and get back to the Super Bowl and win it all maybe. Right now, though, there's clearly some issues. Some are blaming Tom Brady for 
going to Robert Kraft's wedding last Friday. So he was away from the team and I think he might've missed a walkthrough on Saturday or something and didn't travel with the team. The bottom line is the offense line must play better. Defense needs to be more consistent. Though I will say throughout his career, part of why Brady's been so good is he's so huge on the details and wants to get every ounce out of practice and meetings and everything. So it is interesting that he's been missing some time this year. But we'll see. This could be a spot for the Bucks to totally get right, maybe, against the worst team in the league in the Panthers right now. The Falcons face the Bengals. Atlanta has covered the spread in all six games this season. And they're coming off an upset win over the Niners, 28-14. Defense came up huge. They had nearly fumble recovery return for a touchdown. Marcus Mariota was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Highly efficient in the game. And again, did damage with his legs. If you follow Wolf Sports, you know we're really high on Mariota. And I just like the way the Falcons are playing overall as a team under Arthur Smith in their second season. But this will be a challenge. They're going to Cincinnati to face the Bengals. And the Bengals, again, the defense stepped up in the second half, didn't allow a touchdown. They haven't allowed a second-half touchdown all season still. Again, as I said, Jamar Chase got going against the Saints last week. Keep in mind, Logan Wilson is now dealing with a shoulder injury and expected to miss a few weeks. Their star linebacker that had the terrible holding call go against him in the Super Bowl last year. So that's a blow if they lose him for an extended period. Two, three, and three teams, and I think it should be a good one on Sunday. One of the best in the early window. The Lions face the Cowboys. Detroit's coming off the bye at one and four. Have been disappointing compared to expectations. The offense was great, but it's coming off the shutout loss to the Patriots in week five. They should be healthier. Amon Ross St. Brown seems to be close to 100% now. Practice full yesterday. DeAndre Swift had been expected to return this week, though he was limited to start the week of practice, so we'll have to see with him. And DJ Chark is looking uncertain for Sunday. And keep in mind, Jameson Williams will be back at some point. And we'll have to see what type of answers the struggling Lions defense has for a really talented Cowboys team that gets Dak Prescott back in line up finally. First time since week one when he had the thumb injury. And again, talked about the Cowboys a bit at the top. Played the Eagles relatively tough considering they were down big and came back, made it somewhat of a game. And the word is that the Cowboys are going to keep the similar offensive approach of ball control, playing to the defense, running the ball with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. But where Dak should definitely help is explosive plays down the field to CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, and working off the play action a bit more for the deep shots because Dak's one of the best deep ball throwers in the league. So that's something to keep an eye on starting this week for Dallas as they face a Lions defense that's juggled. The Giants face the Jaguars. New York continues to be the biggest surprise this season, I think. Really both New York teams, and we'll get to the Jets in a bit. Brian Dayball is simply getting the most out of his team, and they're doing what it takes to win games. Daniel Jones threw two touchdowns against the Ravens, continues to take care of the ball. He's been highly accurate. Jones, I don't think, is getting enough credit. He's not doing a ton. They're not running a high-volume passing attack right now. But he's super accurate, and that's part of what made him the sixth overall pick a few years ago. And remember, they're dealing with a ton of injuries at receiver. On defense, Kayvon Thibodeau stepped up, forced the late fumble of Lamar Jackson, their fifth overall pick this year. So things are going about as well as possible for the Giants. And they'll go to Jacksonville to face the Jags. Jags haven't played poorly. They're just struggling 
I think to figure out how to win games, maybe. The Giants were gashed a bit on the ground by Kenyon Drake in the win over the Ravens last week. So I think look for Travis Etienne to get a lot of touches, especially on the outside, on outside runs. And he can do some damage. He and James Robinson can keep the Jags. They're actually favored by three points. They can help them get the home win and get back on track a bit. Speaking of getting back on track, the Packers, looking for them to somehow do that. They go to Washington this week to face the Commanders. Again, it's talked about every week in their press conferences and I guess on the McAfee show when Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers goes on. That Aaron Jones just isn't getting enough touches. Three carries in the first half last week against the Jets when the game was close is just totally crazy. Both Jones and A.J. Dillon, the offense should be running through them. Although I will say the offensive line was getting demolished pretty much by the Jets' defensive line last week, so that made it tough to want to run the ball. Still, they need to find a way to get James the ball, whether it's as a runner or in space as a receiver. And that should make things easier on the defense too if Green Bay can control the game like they were expected to this season, for example, like in the Week 2 game against the Bears. For the Commanders, they're going with Taylor Heineke. I've always liked Heineke a lot. He just is a playmaker at quarterback. He's starting because Carson Wentz is dealing with the fractured finger on his right throwing hand. So he's out for at least a few weeks after he played through it last Thursday night in the Commanders' win. Brian Robson continues his remarkable return from when he was shot twice late in the summer. He scored his first touchdown last week to give the Commanders the win. I think they need to feed him a lot this week as they look to prevent allowing the Packers to get back on track. The Packers are a bit vulnerable on the ground, so if they can control things with Robinson, they can maybe keep it close and Heineke and company can pull it out. And the Commanders defensive line is pretty tough. Jonathan Allen and company. So they can maybe keep the Packers from running the ball. Like I would think they want to, to try to get back on track. And we'll see if the Packers maybe make any changes on the offensive line to get things going. Similar to what the Colts did. And the Colts, they face the Titans this week in an AFC South matchup. The Titans were dominating early the first matchup. Colts came back a bit and made it a game. Matt Ryan threw the ball 58 times last week in Indy's win over the Jaguars, so he basically put the team on his back without Jonathan Taylor. Deion Jackson, who started at running back with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines out, had 10 catches at running back. Taylor was looking uncertain again this week with his ankle injury. He was limited in practice only. I doubt he plays unless he gets up to a full participation, maybe by today or at least by Friday. If Taylor is back, I think they also need to get him involved as a receiver a ton. And again, like last time, if the Titans can totally shut down the Colts' run game. Taylor had nowhere to run. Then they need to get in the ball in space. Either way, they need to get in the ball in space. As a receiver on screen, swing passes, similar to what they did last year, starting the game against the Ravens. It was sort of like a swing screen, and Taylor took it to the house the first play. For the Titans, coming off the bye, they haven't lost in the regular season. Coming off the bye under Mike Vrabel, and six straight wins they were off the bye, aside from the postseason last year they had the first round playoff by as the one seed and then lost to the Bengals but in the regular season Mike Vrabel will have his guys ready to play as they look to get two wins over the Colts and that would be big in what's been a tight AFC South it's a bit weird to me both matchups are so early in the season within the division I don't know why that happens on the schedule but it's interesting 
you should be able to lock in a heavy dose of Derrick Henry, who should be rested a bit coming off the bye. And again, I don't think the week off came at a good time for the Titans. Ideally, it would have been later. They were playing well. And it would have probably been better to get Henry the rest late in the season, gearing up for a stretch run. Still, though, he's rested. As usual, the Titans will look to give him a great number of touches and play solid defense to get a win. Out of the 4 o'clock games, the Texans face the Raiders. Two teams coming off the bye. Two teams that, given how the Raiders ended their past couple of games before their bye, won around the ball. The Texans want to get Damian Pierce, really promising rookie running back, at least 20 carries a game, according to head coach Lovey Smith. While the Raiders are at their best when Josh Jacobs is helping set the tune for the entire team with how hard he runs, and Devontae Adams will be on the field as the legal process needs to play out first before any potential NFL discipline for his shove of the photographer. Though Darren Waller, hamstring, looks like he's going to be out for the Raiders. They each have one win, so it's a key matchup for two teams that want to maybe try to see if they can sneak in the playoffs. I'd say Raiders, given their expectations entering the year, have more of a shot if they can get on a run here, returning from their bye. The Jets face the Broncos. Again, the Jets, Quinn and Williams in the defensive line, totally dominated at Lambeau Field last week. Special teams had a key game-changing play with a pump block for touchdown. Rookie running back Brees Hall continues to star behind a strong offensive line, and Zach Wilson again avoided turnovers at quarterback. So the Jets now 4-2. and two. They're 3-0 and oh on the road. I've got to say, I didn't expect them to get hot like this, and we'll see if they can keep it going on the road against the Broncos team that's not playing well. Lost to the Chargers on Monday night. Russell Wilson is now dealing with a hamstring injury in addition to the shoulder. He started, he and the offense started really well on Monday. Rookie tight end Greg Dulcich out of UCLA, who's a exciting threat at tight end as a receiver, caught the first touchdown. I think Wilson started 10 for 10 in the first quarter, I believe it was. And it looked like they might get back on track. Overall, it wasn't to be. The Chargers shut him down after that, basically. Again, I've said it before, I wasn't as excited as everyone else about the receiving group entering the season. The comparisons to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were a bit ambitious, it looks like. Though we'll see, maybe things can change. And I'd like to see the Broncos get KJ Hamler more involved. Moving forward, down the field, get the ball in his hands, whatever. He's an explosive talent that should get more opportunities, I think. And the Denver defense is doing its part, and I'm interested to see how they combat a strong Jets team that's 4-2, and two, and these two teams could both be in the wildcard mix, if not in the division mix with the Bills and the Chiefs in their respective divisions. The Chiefs face the Niners, Super Bowl rematch from a few seasons ago, which the Chiefs came back to win. Niners are very banged up, coming off the loss of the Falcons. But Trent Williams and Nick Bosa, maybe they're two best players, although they have a lot of them, Debo Samuel and company. But that might be their two best players, and they might both be back. We'll see. They might have an eye on the Rams game in a couple of weeks. It'd be big if they can return at home against the Chiefs this Sunday, though. The run game for the Niners, that's obviously big if they can get that going after, again, the early fumble last week and just couldn't run the ball much against the Falcons. For the Chiefs, they need to shake off what was a tough loss that could have seeding implications in the AFC. It's interesting that Patrick Mahomes now has an interception in 
his last three opportunities for game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. Dating back to last postseason, it was the game against the Bengals, the game against the Colts this regular season, and then last week against the Bills. It's a rare occurrence for somebody that's so good, but something to note and something I thought was interesting. And I believe I mentioned Trent McDuffie, first-round rookie corner last week, expecting him to be back for the Bills game. He wasn't. And we'll see if he can get back this week against a high-powered Niners offense. And keep in mind, it's National Tight End Day, and two of the best in the league, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. So I wouldn't be surprised if they each have monster games on Sunday. And then the final 4 o'clock game, the Seahawks face the Chargers, 425. Seattle, this rookie class is looking phenomenal. Two booking tackles, Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. Ken Walker at running back, who just looks really good. Had a highlight run last week where he broke several tackles out of Michigan State. Cornerbacks Tariq Woolen has an interception in four straight games. Kobe Bryant's finding his footing at corner also. I don't see why Geno Smith, if he keeps it up, he can't be their quarterback the next few years. So overall, I'm high on where the Seahawks are heading, not just this season and having a shot to push for a playoff spot, but beyond with this strong rookie class. And the way Pete Carroll operates, he really just he lets these guys compete, whether that's in practice for a starting role or in the game, bringing them out there and kind of having them go through a trial by fire a bit. And they're definitely a team to keep an eye on with some high upside. And the Chargers were able to squeak out that win at home against the Broncos on Monday night. The buy's coming up next week for them. So I think Keenan Allen's going to be out again this week with the hamstring issue. He'll probably try to hopefully get to like legit 100% when the Chargers return in week nine. But we'll see if he pushes to play this week. And either way, I think the Chargers, I know he had Pat Sertan, who's one of the best corners in the league on him last week. I think they need to get Mike Williams a ton of targets every week. And that might help the offense get going after they were a bit slow last week. And on defense, high-priced free agent acquisition, J.C. Jackson at corner. He was benched in the second half against the Broncos. And he said he feels defeated after the benching. And at corner, if you lose your confidence, that's really tough. So he needs to somehow get that confidence back to play at a high level like the Chargers expected when they signed him. And it didn't help that he was going through the ankle injury during the summer and early in the season. The Chargers are fortunately deep at cornerback, but for them to be a Super Bowl contender, having J.C. Jackson and Asante Samuel Jr. as two potential shutdown options would have to be a big part of that, I would think. Now to Sunday Night Football, the Steelers face the Dolphins. Tua Tagovailoa is back after his scary concussion a few weeks ago on Thursday night, so it's going to be nice to see him back. The Dolphins have had a tough time at quarterback. After the two injury, Teddy Bridgewater had to leave the next game early, getting checked for a concussion. And then last week, Skylar Thompson had to leave early with the hand injury. So now having Tua back, hopefully he can stay healthy and steady that position for them after he was playing really well before the concussion. And they're facing a Steelers team that's coming off a stunning upset win over the Bucks. I guess it shouldn't be that stunning. Uh, I didn't think they really had much of a shot facing the Bucks, even though Tampa Bay hasn't been that sharp. But it just shows you, you shouldn't really count out Mike Tomlin's team, which I always say. They're now 2-4, and four, looking to go on a bit of a run. We'll see. This Sunday night is just huge for them in particular, but for both teams. And it was finally the first time the Steelers got a win without TJ Watt in the lineup since they drafted him. 
And that was also despite not having their top three corners and all pro safety, Micah Fitzpatrick. But Fitzpatrick is expected to play against his former Dolphins team this week in Miami. And we'll see how that goes, see if he can make any game-changing plays while looking to contain Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, assuming Waddle is good to go. Assuming Waddle plays because he's dealing with a shoulder injury and looks a bit iffy. I was impressed with the way Mitchell Trubisky came in for an injured Kenny Pickett, who left because of a concussion, unfortunately. But I like the way Trubisky stepped in against the Bucks, and really he was lights out. Really accurate, gave his receivers, especially Chase Claypool, opportunities to make plays. And I think he had a bit of a chip on his shoulder after he was benched, when arguably his receivers were uh, letting him down a bit, which led to the benching, I think, as I mentioned in past shows. And it was interesting, apparently Trubisky was benched after he and receiver Deontay Johnson had an argument during the Jets game at halftime, and then immediately Pickett was inserted. So we're probably never going to know exactly what happened, and these things do happen. But that's interesting that Trubisky was benched after that discussion with Johnson. But whoever's at quarterback, there's an opportunity to keep this game close and win it against the Dolphins and their defense. And then finally, the Bears face the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Bill Belichick talked about the Bears, talked him up really for seven minutes to open his press conference yesterday with his opening remark. So that's kind of funny and typical of him. And he knows human nature. You might maybe not take the Bears seriously as a huge threat, but he'll have his team ready to play. And he always does, no matter the opponent. And he did mention how Justin Fields is such an explosive athlete and a threat as a runner. So that's the number one key, I would think, for the Patriots as they look to stay hot on both sides of the ball, outscoring opponents 57 to 15 the past two weeks. And a win here to get to 4-3, and three, they might be uh, really back. And who is expected to be back is quarterback Mac Jones from his high ankle sprain. It'll be just over four weeks if he does play, which was the lower end of the four- to six-week timetable. And I would think sitting and watching the way Bailey Zappi took care of the ball and played to a strong defense and run game will help Jones take care of the ball himself after he was putting it in harm's way too much and surprisingly too often for the way he played last season. And for the Bears, I think Justin Fields is still having some growing pains, adjusting the NFL a bit. The offensive line hasn't played super well or anything, but there are times when Fields is holding the ball too long and taking sacks. At the end of the game last week, receivers could have made plays on Thursday night at the end to potentially win it for Chicago. The throws were not exactly on the money, though, especially the last throw to Mooney which was a bit high and behind when he maybe could have just thrown it low and he had the defender beat, I think, Mooney did. And this will be a massive test for Fields playing at Foxborough in prime time. And it's going to be a run-heavy approach for the Bears, I would think, again. And the talk is they're going to go with more of a high end at running back now moving forward. And as good as David Montgomery is, he's, I think it makes a ton of sense to maybe Claire Herbert to get more touches and maybe even take over the backfield. Because the way Herbert's run since coming in the league as a rookie last year has been highly impressive. And he broke a big run last week. He's the type of guy that also needs touches. And the good thing for both them is the Bears do want to run the ball, so I don't see any reason they can't each get maybe around 15 touches each per game. But the Patriots are going to look to limit their run game like they were able to do against Cleveland last week. And I'm anxious to see how Matt Eberflus combats 
Mac Jones in a underrated, I think, Patriots offense. So that'll do it for this week's episode. Four teams on a bye, including the Bills and the Eagles, maybe the top two teams in the league, and also the Vikings have five wins, the Rams defending champs. But it's still, I like the schedule this week, starting with, again, as I said, hopefully an entertaining Thursday game. Maybe Taysom Hill does a lot of damage as a Swiss Army knife type. And then I really like the day schedule on Sunday for the 1 o'clock in the late afternoon window. So enjoy all the games. Have a great weekend. And thanks for listening.